What's up, guys? Before we hop into the podcast, I want to tell you about Get Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or even a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app, and you can literally unlock cars near you through their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for that next vacation. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co backslash bsn and save $15 off your first rental or visit get.co backslash bsn to sign up for free and rent your car out and start making some money fast. Let's get into the show. What's up, guys? Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens here in Denver, Colorado, to touch and base with you on all things Broncos. And before we get into the good stuff, I want to tell you we have a date. We have a final date and time for this podcast promo code sale, and it is tomorrow, Thursday at midnight. Wherever you are around the world, make sure you know what that translates to. Because once we hit Thursday at midnight, it's over. No more uh, $29.99 discounts on the podcast sale, and we will hopefully be crowned champions. We cannot fall back off the gas now. We've made it this far. Let's cruise to the finish. Everyone who's been on the fence, you've got, from the time that we're recording this, about 36 hours here, and we got to finish strong close this thing out and get you all a bunch of free t-shirts. Let's blow this thing out of the water, Ryan. Let's let's just let's finish this and let's just embarrass them. Let let's run away with this thing. So hit that code Broncos on the website. Help us win this and help yourself get a sweet t-shirt in the process. I can taste the 3 P, our third ring, just like the Broncos. It's going to be sweet, but we do need your help. So I'm speaking directly to you, the person who hasn't yet subscribed and has thought about it. This is your chance to be the MVP of this competition. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Come in. Let's get this thing rolling. Let's finish them strong and and use that promo code Broncos. Get your subscription for $29.99, and then we're going to send out just boxes of free t-shirts. You know what? Let's just do this for Ryan. Got a birthday coming up on Saturday? Well, this would be quite the birthday present. Wake up on Friday to finding out the news that we did win this thing in convincing fashion. That'll roll pretty nice into a birthday weekend. That is a great point. That's the best birthday present I could ever ask for, is you is you guys uh, re-upping those subscriptions or, or subscribing to BSN Denver uh, for this year. And, and you will not regret it, because as always, it's going to be interesting for the Broncos. All right, speaking of interesting for the Broncos... Yesterday, we called it a dark horse position for the Broncos to target at number 10. Well, now it's kind of heating up to be more, much more than a dark horse. And that, of course, is the tackle position. Just one day after Daniel Jeremiah came out with his mock that had Andre Dillard going to the Broncos at 10, I believe it was Todd McShay who came out today 
with his mock draft that has the Broncos taking Jonah Williams at 10. Zach, what do you make of this? Mm, it's heating up, Ryan. It is heating up. Now, the question to you is, is this smokescreen season yet? Have we entered it? We are now in March. So is it smokescreen season? We are firmly in smokescreen season. So it's it's lies season. It is uh, Pittsburgh Steelers telling everyone that it's going to be a you know a, a race to the finish line for the Antonio Brown sweepstakes, and then and and then Josina Anderson coming out and reporting that it's a one team race. Something doesn't add up. Something's not. Someone's lying. And so yes, we are firmly in smokescreen season. Yes, exactly. So. When Todd McShay puts this together, sometimes he reaches out to sources and tries to find out information. Other times, it's just how he feels it fits. I believe he'll probably use more sources as we get closer to the draft. But this is interesting now. Back-to-back days after the Combine, where we know there's a lot of information thrown around, some good, some bad, the Broncos going tackle it. And the very first thing that comes to my mind when when I hear this is... Are they admitting, are the Broncos admitting Garrett Bowles was a bust of a pick? Now, not necessarily a bust of a player, and they're going to cut him right now. But what was it? It Was it two years ago that they drafted him to be their future left tackle? He was the older guy. He was the, I don't even want to say it, but I guess the more polished guy uh, among the class. And... And just in two years, for them to be giving up on him at left tackle, unless, I mean, are, are they drafting Jonah Williams to be a guard? Are they drafting Jonah Williams to be a right tackle? You better not be drafting anyone at 10 unless it's a tackle. Um, and I don't think it would be a, a right tackle. Now, let me just ask you this. I'll answer your question. Is Are they admitting Garrett Bowles is a bust? There's a very quick and easy way to answer this. Well, about Around one year from now, the Broncos will have to pick up the fifth-year option on Garrett Bowles for his 30-year-old season. Are they picking that up? <sighs> for the type of player he is, no. But like we talked about yesterday, he's the only known commodity on this offensive line. So that's that's really tough. I, I guess right now I'd have to say yes. But this is the end. This year is the end of potential. It's either there or it's not this year. He's either a, a starting high-caliber left tackle this year or he's not. So if they had to decide right now, I think they would. But if he doesn't take a, a strong leap forward this year, especially under Mike Munchak, then I say no. Especially because of the issues with commitment to you know excellence or whatever you want to call it. Commitment to getting better. It hasn't been there. And if it ain't there under you know one of the best offensive line coaches in the whole entire world, then I think they're going to cut bait. I think they're going to say, you know what, no, there's no point in paying him what you know, a lot of money, just because we we drafted him. Um, so I think they are beginning the the pro. They very well could be beginning the process of life without Garrett Bowles. And that means finding your next guy. And here's the thing. We talked about it yesterday, too. Free agency. Is there a guy out there? Yeah, a lot of people like Trent Brown. A lot of people like him so much that his price tag is probably going to be $15 million plus per season. The Broncos just straight up can't afford that right now. And then also, there's some doubt on if he's worth it. What you don't want 
is Nate Solder, where you pay him $15 million, and he turns out to be uh, old. a seven... Yeah, I was going to say, like, blow a $7 million player. I mean, it was just not good, and you can't have that when you're the Broncos right now with Trent Brown, so that option's gone. Uh, Daryl Williams is going to be available. You can go out and get a guy who is okay, maybe could be good, but do you want to do that again? You've done that for the past three or four seasons um, with Donald Stevenson, with Menelik Watson, with Jared Valdir, and Valdir was the best of all of those guys, and he wasn't able to be on the field consistently, and it's not like when he played, he was out of this world. So I I like that the Broncos, at least in this scenario, would be exploring a different way to fix the the tackle problems. Now, here's the thing though is maybe this doesn't fix it. It may maybe uh, this is just a complete replacement for Garrett Bowles and that's great to find your left tackle of the future. But let's say Garrett Bowles moves to right and is terrible and and can't make that transition whether it's cuz he doesn't want to, whether it's because he just can't, then you've have all these needs across the board and you just upgraded something that wasn't the biggest need of them. It's a good point. Um, I think there would be, there would have to be some um, optimism that Garrett could actually play on the right side because just throwing him over there. Cause you don't want to play him on the left anymore is not a solution. It's plugging one hole to spring another. And that is not going to work with Joe Flacco back there. Now, again, this would, it makes so much sense to me. Because what we talked about about yesterday and sliding the line, well, you're fully comfortable sliding the line right to help Garrett Bowles on the right side. It's it's impossible to succeed doing it the other way around, as we just talked about yesterday, unless you have a stud right tackle, which they don't have. So the Broncos' approach to offensive line play, especially last year, is all wrong. It's all messed up. It can't work. Um. And that's why this makes sense to me. If you believe that Garrett Bowles could handle the, this, you know, this situation, um, I don't believe he's ever played on the right side. So it would be relearning a whole new position for him, and it's not the exact same. It's like it's you know, it's flipping everything on its head. Putting more on his plate seems like a dangerous proposition. But if you have a safety valve there, I mean, what if you still have Valdir? What if you can get Valdir on a cheap deal? You know, one year. Four million or something. But then, what happens if Garrett Bowles is that guy? Well, then you have depth. You need depth. And then you have also Billy Turner as well, which is weird. Nothing's come together with that yet. Right. Well, I think Billy Turner would be playing guard in this situation. Ah, um, uh, just when you're talking, and I understand where you're going, but it just feels like in this situation you have a lot of nothing, and you're paying a lot. For nothing now. If Billy Turner's on uh, a one-year, four or five million dollar deal, if Jared Valdir's also on a one-year deal, Garrett Bowles would, I guess, has two years left. I guess that's a little easier to digest. But what what were the initial or what was the um, Ty Sam Brilo? That was a three-year deal, so that's kind of expected for Billy Turner. Oh, I would just hate to pay enough money where it really hurts when you have nothing you make a great point but 
if you're able to get that left tackle and Munchak gets him under his wing and gives you a stud left tackle, you would be shocked at how much it makes the rest of the line better um, for, for the reasons that have been detailed. Here's the thing, though. Going back to these two players, Dillard and Jonah Williams. According to those I've talked to in the building and the sources that I have, the Broncos, whenever they go offensive line, would be much more inclined to take a player that they believe has a higher ceiling rather than the player who's more refined right now. And I think that's where you are with Dillard and Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams has been playing uh, against the best players in the country for years now, and he's, he's not going to be really surprised by the, player, the caliber of players he has to play in the NFL, and he's had to really figure out you know, how to play against those type of players. Dillard, he's playing in the Pac-12. And as someone who watches the Pac-12 religiously, there's like no pass rushers in the Pac-12. <laughs> so that's an upside play. And from what I've heard, the Broncos would be more inclined to take the upside guy because of how much they believe in Munchak. So if it was between those two guys, I, I would think Dillard would certainly be the guy. And Munchak would have – I mean, you talked about Garrett Bowles being a huge challenge for him, which it would be. Getting a, a, a guy who's coming out of, you know, a first of all, has no run blocking experience, essentially. The only <laughs> yeah. time they run the ball is out of the shotgun. Um, so he's got to teach him how to run block. And he's going to have to get him ready for the best pass rushers in the world. It's It would be one hell of a challenge for Mike Munchak. But I, from everything I've heard, the Broncos, I mean, view him as a guy who could turn water into wine. First off, great intel. Also, that, that brings so many questions and thoughts in my mind. The first one is, is that a complete change from what they did with Garrett Bowles two years ago, where they where instead of going off potential, they're going off the guy that can help right away and is the most refined? Yeah, well, who was their offensive line coach when they got Bowles? It was, uh, can't you remember his name because he's so relevant. <laughs> yep, exactly. So so at least from John, that's a little bit of a, of a change, and it's good to know that they have that much trust in Mike Munchak, which obviously we knew they did. It also makes me think of, is this, can you be drafting a guy based off potential in the top 10 who's potentially the first offensive lineman taken? That is scary. That That's scary again. Now, uh, it's Montez Sweat, right? Mm-hmm. He he's, he's kind of a potential guy, but he was great at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he has really good tape, too, so that that's not as much of a concern. But in the top 10... It shouldn't be about potential. It should be about, we know this guy is a baller. And you laid it out perfectly. We don't know if he can run block. That, that's a huge question mark. So this is, I mean, this is swinging for the fences. Because this could be a strikeout. And if you're striking out with, I mean, how many great defensive players on the board would be there at 10? Uh, potentially, Drew Locke. Potentially, I don't know, Dwayne Haskins. Maybe the Giants fall in love with Drew Locke. That... It's such a home run hit. If Devin White were on the board mm. and you went with one of these offensive linemen. Who especially you, especially if you don't go with Jonah Williams. Right. Well, either, even if you do, because Jonah Williams is no lock to be great. Um, now, I think you would feel comfortable with putting him in and saying he's probably going to be able to figure it out. And he certainly knows how to run block. He's definitely coming from a system that is more similar 
to what the Broncos like to run, although Saban's been spreading it out more and more every year. Um, really quick, he's not guaranteed to be great as a tackle. And I, he, he's pretty much going to be a very good player, but it was clear John didn't want to draft a guard at five last year. What's the difference between a guard at five and a guard at ten? I mean, you, you, the value's certainly not there. No. So, and I think you, if you're drafting him at 10, he's playing tackle. Exactly. Yeah. So, if you were to pass on a guy like Devin White, you better hope you just got a lockdown, you know, left tackle that, that protects you for the future. Because we know that Devin White is going to go somewhere. He's going to play in week one, and he's going to ball. He's going to have like 14 tackles. And he's going to be all over the field, plugging every hole. And everyone's going to look at that. And how about this? John always been killed for missing on quarterbacks. Now he's missing on tackles. And those are probably, the, arguably, the two most important positions on the field. Certainly the most two most important positions on offense. So if you can't draft quarterbacks and now you also can't draft tackles, well, now you, you have a really bad look as a GM. So you better be sure if you go at 10. Now, if you trade back and you draft Andre Dillard at 17, well, now you're kind of into the, the potential stage. Now it's, it's all pro potential that you're, that you're banking on when you're picking in the 17 range, but it's still, it's still potential and it's a safer pick that you could get away with not having a star right away. You, if you draft Andre Dillard at 10, you better come in and and protect the hell out of Joe Flacco in year one. It is it is crazy how many different positions we talk about where I just come back to, okay, they can do that if. And the if is if they trade back. That just really feels like the move this year. And I'm not a guy that advocates for trading back. I think it is so boring and not fun and not sexy. And I'm all about getting getting a stud, especially if you're in the top 10. But if Devin White's off the board or you don't want to invest that much in an inside linebacker, which obviously wouldn't be crazy for John Elway to do or to think, I don't I, I, I don't want a tackle at 10 if you're not 100% set on him being the best guy in the draft. And it's clear there's not really a consensus on that. I don't want Devin Bush at 10 when you can probably get him later. I don't want you to grab one of these three corners when you're not really sure if one of them or or when one of them's not separating themselves is clearly the best one. Really, I mean, the only position that realistically the Broncos could go where where trade back doesn't make sense is quarterback. And as we've found out this past week, that just doesn't seem like the option they're going to go. So true, and I hate trading back. <laughs> Me too. I really do. I, it just it feels like you're missing on great players, but who are the great players that are going to be there unless it's Devin White? Devin White, to me, is a no-brainer. You stick there, and you take Devin White. It seems so obvious and easy to me, but let's say he's not there, or let's say you know John Elway just can't stomach a top-10 pick on Devin White. It doesn't feel like there's another player that could be there that you should take. Or, or not that you should take. Another player that should be there that you're getting the correct value on. Exactly. Because what... Oh man, if you could trade into the 20s, and if you're kind of open 
going into the draft where you realistically could take a tackle, you could take a cornerback, you could take a linebacker. You are in the best position possible, and that would be so huge to then pick up another first-round pick. Then you're building the depth, whether it's this year's first-round pick or next year's. That's a win-win situation. And then if if uh, Jonah Williams isn't the franchise left tackle for the next 15 years, it's okay if he's just a, a good, solid player. That's okay. It takes the pressure off this pick, and it really seems like there's no certainty at this pick outside of a Devin White right now. I'm trying to think. Is there players that we're not thinking of? I mean... There's no running backs that will go there. The Broncos wouldn't go running back anyway. Uh, there, I guess there's some tight ends that hey. you could go with, but the Broncos, it just doesn't feel like that would be the place to go. No. Uh, Metcalf. Re- yeah, wide receiver. I don't think Metcalf would be there, but. Even then, I don't think I don't think John's going wide receiver. Nope. Um, so we've talked about offensive line. The quarterback's. Like if Drew Locke was there, I would think I would think that would be your best possible value pick, but we don't think they're going that direction. And from everything we've heard, going to the defensive side, I guess there's probably going to be a defensive lineman there. Yep, and 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 you'd be okay with that. You you would be happy with that uh, because there's going to be an absolute stud there worth picking. So Devin White or a defensive lineman. Yeah, that seems like about the only thing because you feel unless you really are in love with one of the cornerbacks over the other ones but it doesn't feel like they should be especially because none of those guys separated themselves at the combine so if you if you're just saying like deandre baker that's our guy we have to have him he's a perfect fit well then you take him but if you're saying well it could be baker it could be murphy you know maybe we can teach greedy to tackle then if you move back you know let's say somewhere between four and seven spots, you don't think that all three of them are going to be gone by the time you go. So you should feel comfortable moving back as long as you have more than one guy. It really does feel like Devin White or a defensive lineman. And and maybe defensive lineman is the new dark horse now that offensive line isn't a dark horse pick. (laughs) Because it was a place that Vic Fangio said is – it was a place that Vic Fangio said they needed help. And it's something that they've tried to get right ever since losing Malik Jackson. And they've gone in the second rounds and missed. Maybe if you could get that guy, maybe it's Ed Oliver, you know, and you just love Ed Oliver. Maybe if you, you feel like if we add Ed Oliver to this front, we're unstoppable. A guy that many people thought was the best player entering this draft at the beginning of the season. Uh, So, of course, you need to touch on some character things, but from what I've heard about Ed Oliver is there's actually the character concerns were just way overblown because there was was a scuffle on the sideline with his head coach, and really that was it besides a few other things. But here's the thing with Ed Oliver, Ryan, and what, what could be huge for the Broncos, maybe he or another great, talented defensive lineman is their fallback option and their safety net if they decide to trade back. Let's say they trade back and w- with the idea of wanting one of those corners. Let's say all three corners are taken in the next seven picks and they traded 10 picks back. Well, if three corners are taken, then it's likely that what that, that Ed Oliver, that other defensive lineman's still there, or Devin Bush is still there. It said so that the depth, especially on the defensive line, 
just gives them that freedom and they can breathe. John Elway, if he trades back 10 spots, he can say, okay, if my guy, you know, we have three guys that we want there. If all three of them are taken, it's okay because we're still going to get a top 10 player in our mind along the defensive line and then we'll use next year's extra first round pick that we picked up uh, to get that corner that we really wanted or to go that route and it's worth it. This draft just feels like it's the right time for the Broncos to move back. And I'm just like you. I hate the idea typically. Do you think... I think if you're the Broncos and you're moving back this year, not only do you want to get a first-round pick for next year, I think you also need to add picks this year in the top three rounds. So what would hmm, what would you rather want? If you're at 10, let's say you move back to the early 20s, and you could pick up a, a next year's first-round pick, but remember, that team in the early 20s is probably a pretty good team, so you understand it's probably going to be a pick in the early 20s again. Or would you want their first-round pick this year, and their second-round pick this year, and a second-round pick next year. Well, what about a second and a third this year? And nothing next year? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Because I can get behind... Same value. I think there are a lot of good players in the first three rounds this year. Like, it's a deep draft from from one to three. I would kind of like being able to pick up five players in the first three rounds. Yep. That excites me mm-hmm. because I really like the depth there. And remember, this team is win now, and they have holes at every position, according to uh, Vic Fangio. So if you could get five players in the first three rounds, including you know a guy who you think is a stud at 21, that, that piques my interest. I don't know if this is entirely possible, but let's say you do get Ed Oliver or a stud defensive lineman at 21. You trade a second and a third or both of your seconds to move back up into the first because Devin Bush is sitting there. I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but not inconceivable. So you pick up a a stud defensive lineman, Devin Bush, and in the third, you get a cornerback. And in this draft, you can find a starting cornerback in the second and third round this year. I mean, come on. Talk about filling all the needs. That's what I mean, you know. And, heck, maybe when you trade back, you trade back with the idea of getting Devin Bush. Um, and then you trade back up to get a defense lineman or whatever it is. But, yeah, having two second-round picks would be really nice in this year's draft um, because the second round, I think, is going to be stacked at corner. Um, you saw yeah. all of the guys who were th- um, early third, mid-second guys at the Combine – all of them really performed well. You're talking about guys like uh, Rock Yassin. Um, you're talking about, oh, God, I'm blanking on some of the names here, but I'll pull them up in a sec because Andre wrote a great article about um, the, the kind of risers from that position, and none of them were the top three, and that was kind of his big problem there was all the top three kind of just stayed status quo. But all these guys in the later rounds really showed out. So um, he mentioned a guy, uh, Jamel Dean from Auburn, um, he mentioned um, Ken Webster from Ole Miss, who's kind of just another one of those guys from Ole Miss who just showed out at the Combine, did some really impressive stuff. Four four three with a 43-inch vert, insane. Um, Isaiah Johnson from Houston. Trayvon Mullen from Clemson, who is the MVP of the national championship game. All of these guys are going to be there in the second round. So maybe that's the move. Trade back. 
what maybe you get Devin Bush, maybe you get a guy that you believe is a really good defensive lineman. And then in the second round, you get a tight end in a corner or a, um, a linebacker in a corner, if that's not where you went in the first, or a wide receiver in a corner. Like You have so much more flexibility all of a sudden. And again, I'm not a big trade back guy, but maybe with all these holes, it actually is the right thing to do, considering the value isn't going to be there at 10. So the question is, who not, not necessarily a team, but who is going to be on the board at 10 where a team in the 20s is, is going to say, we have to trade up with the Broncos right now to get our guy. Is it a quarterback? I mean, you would think that's the position. Is it Drew Locke? Who's there in the 20s? Is, is Washington in the 20s? Let me, let me pull that up. Also, a couple other guys that I wanted to mention um, from the corner position. I mean, this is really a stacked draft at corner. Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky. Um, he's a big, you know, long guy who we actually pre- we liked a lot at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm going to mess this name up. Amani Aruari? I have no clue. He did better than I could. Um, but he he's a six foot two guy, ran a 4.47. There's so many options at corner. It almost feels silly to go corner at 10 because it's so deep. And here's here's the thing is Washington is sitting at 15. Mm, you probably pick up a third round, a third rounder by trading back there. Uh, the Dolphins are sitting at 13. Maybe that's a third rounder. Maybe with Washington you get a second rounder. Uh, in the early 20s, are we looking at teams that maybe want a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Steelers at 20, Seahawks at 21, Ravens at 22, Texans at 23. Raiders at 24. I mean, there's a lot of buzz this morning about how John Gruden is in love with Kyler Murray and enamored with him and wants him. Well, it doesn't seem like he's going to have a chance to get Kyler Murray. Is he so far down the path of Kyler Murray that he's just jonesing for a new quarterback and, and wants to move on from Carr? And maybe he says, okay, well just popped in my mind though are the Raiders really going to trade with the Broncos uh up I think they would with the Broncos I don't think they would trade there like I don't think the Broncos could trade up right to get to four but I think the the Raiders would be willing to trade up because they feel like that's making them better you know so let's just say the let's just say they get who's going to be there at four that's special so they get Josh Allen out of Kentucky at four Mm -hmm. and they're like okay this guy's awesome and then they're saying, oh, Drew Locke's still there at 10. What right. We get Drew Locke and Josh Allen in the first round. Yep. That, I think, would be a scenario. I Great. think it would be a real scenario. With the Broncos, though, knowing what they know about Drew Locke, and I think they do like Drew Locke. I, I haven't come off that at all. Would the Broncos be willing to hand Drew Locke to their division rival? How much do they like him? If they love him, you don't. And you, and you draft him. Exactly. If you're not very sure... Then, then you make that trade. Would you do it for the 24th overall pick this year and the 27th overall pick this year? Both Raiders late set, late, for, late first round picks. They're trading you 24 and 27 for 10? Yep. And you don't want Drew Locke? Apparently, yep. Like you've decided that Drew Locke is not a franchise quarterback, right? Or else you would have picked him. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah do the deal. Yep. And then... Maybe there's a tackle there that you want, and Devin Bush, a great defensive lineman in a tackle, a corner. Man, you're getting you should be getting two studs. 
That I mean, I'd do it for sure. Outside of that, if we keep going down, the Eagles, they don't need a quarterback. Colts, they don't need a quarterback. Chargers at 28. they got to start planning eventually, but they're also in win-now mode. Yeah, I don't think they're going after a quarterback. Then you have the Chiefs, uh, Green Bay, Rams, Patriots. Maybe Green Bay should look at a quarterback. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there is no one in the 20s. You're trading back to 13 or 15 pretty much. Could you get? Can you trade back to 15, 15 and a second? I think so. Okay, then I like that. I like it too because then you're also not losing many players. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone trading up from the 20s all the way down to 10 for a non-quarterback. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't either. Well, the Saints did it last year. I think they went from 27 to 15 to grab Marcus Davenport exactly so maybe some person fought maybe some team falls in love with Ed Oliver he slips or uh, a guy who kind of reminds me of him Montez Sweat the really high upside could be the best defensive player in the draft uh, some teams could convince themselves of that trades up with, with you for that maybe maybe you I mean that's a dream scenario oh yeah I don't know who's sitting at 15 last year but I bet you they're real happy when they got that call um, so I think we'll just live in the world where, where 15 is the, the move. Um, and they're trading you the 15th overall pick and their second round pick to get up to 10 so they can get drew lock before, um, the dolphins. Exactly. Or whoever, whoever is there. Yep. Maybe it's somehow Kyler Murray because people believe the garbage reports that came out. <laughs> <this> <laughs> That seems like uh, man, I can't believe we're we're pulling for trading back. But after you know, it all adds up. If there was pl- if there were studs there, if there was just a, a list of studs at ten, where you're just like these guys are automatic. And I'll keep going back to. I don't like this if Devin White is there. I, I think if you pass on Devin White, you'd be re- you'd regret it later. Um, but if there's no Devin White there, and there's not a stud defensive lineman that you love. It really, really makes sense to trade back five spots and pick up a second round pick. I mean, it makes so much sense. It makes too much sense. Yeah, I hope I change my mind on this because I'm just disappointed and disgusted in myself for wanting a trade back this bad. But it makes sense. It's well, a move. Well, listen, I mean, think of it this way. If you like Jonah Williams and you liked Andre Dillard and you like Byron Murphy and you like DeAndre Baker and you like Devin Bush. There's no way that all five of them are going to be gone by the time that you pick. Exactly. So if you're so convinced that you have needs everywhere and you don't have to target a specific position, you, you're you so much better off moving back a little bit here. You are. And I think John Elway is, no, is not afraid of moving back at all. Not at all. No way. He's also not afraid of moving up, but unless you're in the, in the deep 20s, moving up for anything – and moving up into the uh, the high 20s, moving up for anything other than a quarterback is ill-advised. Some people believe John Elway's got a little trigger shy and um, a little scared, well, whether it's with drafting quarterbacks, uh, maybe offensive linemen. Trading back is the ultimate safety net. Yeah, it takes the pressure right off you. It does, I- internally and externally, because everyone's saying, well, no, they also got the second-round pick, of course. Here's hmm. the thing is we are not going to be sitting there on day three of the draft 
when the Broncos got three prospects in the top 60 players saying, ah, I shouldn't have done that. Right. No way. Uh, we'd be saying, wow. I mean, look at, you know, Devin, Devin Bush and look at this Trayvon Mullen guy. He was, you know, the MVP of the national championship game. He shut down Tua. And then look at this, you know, um, high high value defensive lineman or maybe it's maybe one of these is offense look at this offensive lineman with all this upside that mike munchak can capitalize i mean they just they just killed this we wouldn't be saying oh they shouldn't have traded back because you know whoever was there man i'm just looking at at the talent in this draft and outside of a, of course a nick bosa quinnon williams josh allen falling to you i think if you're at 10 and outside of quarterbacks as well I don't think there's anyone else where, where you say we cannot pat and maybe Devin White, just depending on the value there, where you say we cannot pass this guy up because there's no one else like him in the draft. And maybe Devin White makes it to 10, and maybe Drew Locke does as well. But outside of that, none of those other guys are falling. I think three quarterbacks go in the top 10 before the Broncos. So I don't think... Well, and that and that kills you if it does if they do. And that's what I was going to say because that means Miami's trading up or Washington's trading up with someone else. Yep. Yeah, may, I mean maybe maybe if he falls all the way to ten, the Broncos do have a. I mean, we've been reporting a lot that they're not interested in a quarterback, but they will have the power of saying, "Well, if you don't trade up, we're going to take him." Really quick, what do you think? Are the Jags out of the market for a quarterback? It's very well believed that they are going to be signing Nick Foles. Are they out of the market for a quarterback in the draft? Well, they will be once they take Nick Foles. Once they do that? So yeah. it's it's not like situations in the past where teams have signed uh, a free agent or traded for someone and then still drafted? I don't see that happening just because I think the reason they're getting Nick Foles is the same reason the Broncos are getting Flacco. They believe they can win right now. And also Nick Foles is going to be what three to five years 25 million dollars a year if it's three years maybe he gets the same Kirk Cousins thing maybe it's fully guaranteed you're not paying some guy that type of cash to then draft his replacement immediately right wait until that deal comes out and and how good it makes the Flacco deal look (laughs) oh that's that's for sure so all right um Anything else here on trading back or trading up that that we haven't um, touched on yet? I think we hit it all. All right, let's take a break then. And when we come back on the other side, we got plenty more to talk about. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. 
Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Thanks to all who have tuned in, uh, and thanks to all who have subscribed using the promo code Broncos or subscribed anytime in your life uh, we appreciate all of you equally but especially you the person who hasn't subscribed who is going to subscribe <laughs> right now okay you're so, you're so good at buttering people up i just i love the people <laughs> uh we got to get to the question zach as always we have plenty and there was one that we missed yesterday that came in kind of while we were recording or while we were posting so let's get to that one first and it comes in from k pang says, hey guys, I moved from the monthly subscription to the annual subscription. Love the content. Just saw that it is confirmed that Arizona is shopping Rosen. Can Denver make a trade for him, especially since it's being reported for only a third-round pick? What are your guys' thoughts? By the way, I love the solo podcast. I thought the solo podcast was still excellent, but you and Zach make a great team. Thanks, K-Pang. Ryan, I like you as my partner. I do. I do, too. Doing it alone is kind of hard. Oh, man. Got to be hard on those. Uh, is, is it more hard vocal on the vocal cords or the mental side? I think the mental side. Yeah. Because you have to create your own transitions. You're transitioning <laughs> to yourself. You got to ask a lot of, like, you have to ask yourself questions. Yeah. You're like, and is that the move they're going to make? See, that's the question. <laughs> but what's the question? Is it the move? Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, you got it. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, with K-Peng's question, it it makes me, a, a new thing comes into this question for me. We were just talking about how you can get a stud cornerback in the second or third round. You can get a player in the third round in this year's draft. Is it worth it? to give up on, let's say, a starting cornerback to get Josh Rosen? Well, the problem with the third round is there's no guarantees. I thought you were going to make me answer answer my own question, make me feel the pain. The question is, <laughs> is it worth giving up a cornerback that could be a starter? The answer is um, you don't know that. If it was a second-round pick – then you feel you feel like you're giving up a chance to get a starter. It's a third round pick. You hope you're giving up a chance to get a starter, but I guess technically once you send it off, you hope that you didn't. Um, I would do the third round pick in a heartbeat, but uh, we detailed this. The Broncos weren't sky high on him last year. We I got some I had some info late in the process that Gary Kubiak liked Rosen, but. That never meant that John Elway liked Rosen. Mm. So Gary Kubiak also liked Joe Flacco. Gary Kubiak also <laughs> liked Josh Allen a lot. Mm. So if you if you want to give uh, all the credit to Gary Kubiak for that draft, I think if he had his way, they probably would have taken Josh Allen. Just saying. Um, I just don't. I don't think Rosen's going to Denver. I don't either. But but let's. Let's look at what it would cost the Broncos and look at recent history. I'm going to tell you the Broncos' third-round picks the last few years. Tell me if you'd rather have Rosen or these third rounds. This will be fun. As you're smiling. Kayvon Webster. Rosen. Michael Schofield. Rosen. Jeff Hireman. Rosen. Justin Simmons. Rosen. Brendan Langley. Rosen. Carlos Henderson. Rosen. Royce Freeman. Rosen. Yep. Me, me as well, so... 
third round pick, at least for Broncos recent draft history, is easy. Give those away. Let's go second round pick. Oh no, don't do it. <laughs> Let's go back just as far as we did. Monte Ball. Rosen. These guys are supposed to be better, by the way. Cody Latimer. <laughs> These guys are supposed to be better. <laughs> Rosen. Ty Sam Bryant. Rosen. <laughs> Adam Gotsis. Rosen. Demarcus Walker. Rosen. Cortland Sutton. Rosen. Yep. I think I'd go a clean sweep as well. All the way across the board now. We know the Broncos aren't going to be trading the number 10 overall pick. So Unless it's trading it to a team that they're going back with. <laughs> exactly. So it's not even worth looking at the first round picks. But for fun, let's just do it anyways. <laughs> Would you rather have Sylvester Williams or Josh Rosen? Rosen. <laughs> Bradley Roby or Rosen? Rosen. <laughs> Shane Ray or Rosen? Rosen. <laughs> Paxton Lynch? Rosen. <laughs> Garrett Bowles. Rosen. Oh, my. Bradley Chubb. This is the the hardest one, but we've detailed this before. Even with the best pass rush duo in the league, the Broncos went 6-10. and ten. So it's Rosen. <laughs> so what are what are they doing not giving a third? Yeah, they pretty, don't like pretty, him. Pretty early third, too. Man. You must really, I mean, you must really not like him. Either you really don't like the player he is, or you know too much bad stuff about him off the field. Yeah, and there's a very good chance that they know more bad stuff about him than we do. Yep. But I, I haven't heard it yet. The only thing I've heard is is the questions of, like, does he, like, is, when he goes home, does he just think about football all night? Right. And it's a funny thing to say, but it's something that uh, NFL GMs care about. Because... Let's be fair. When Tom Brady goes home, does he think about football? Yeah, well, he probably spends some time with his family and kisses them on the mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> but then after that, he thinks about football. Um, does Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning doesn't even go home. But if he went home, would he be thinking about football? Yeah, he would. Um, he would annoy the crap out of his receivers, be texting him at like 10 p.m. Uh, when he's getting up at 4 a.m. And they'd be like, Peyton, go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, the greats do often only think about football and it's, it's kind of unfair to do that to people to say like, you have, like you need to eat, sleep, breathe football, nothing else, but it is something that can be connected to greatness. And so that's all I've heard. I've also heard rumors that there's worse, there's worse stuff, but those are just rumors. And so you don't, until you know, but but again, maybe the Broncos do know, and that's why they're completely out on Rosen. Maybe they were they were in on it before other teams. That's why he wasn't a play for them. Um, I know at least that Gary Kubiak liked his talent. And to me, if it's all the off-field stuff, then yeah, stay away from him. But gosh, come on. And, and specifically, we just went through all the Broncos' recent picks. I like Rosen more than the third-round quarterbacks that are going to be taken this year. So that's why I do it. Okay. Um, what's the next question? Next one coming in from Jack Double Magnum. He says, hey, guys, awesome pod as always. Really excited for all the content that's about to come between now and draft day. With all this Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles being released, and now possibly Josh Rosen trade talk going on, one name that I haven't seen pop up me much recently that surprised me is Teddy Bridgewater. It's hard to believe that he wouldn't get a starting opportunity somewhere at this point. I guess my question is, 
If Denver passes on QB in the first round and goes with best player available, do you think Elway would ever consider Bridgewater for our roster? Nope. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish the sentence. It's a, it's a pretty pretty good answer. No. Nope, 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 nope. I don't think so either. And here's what you need to remember. He had the opportunity last year. And not just when the Saints swooped in and traded for him. He was a free agent. And what did he get? One year, five million? Maybe it was one year, ten? Something ridiculously um, low. Chump change. And John didn't even try. So why why would he go out and try now? Did they trade a second round pick for him or something? I think it was a third. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you just sign him when you had the chance? <laughs> exactly. Could have given him two years and he would have taken that deal. Sean Payton didn't want to completely ruin Drew Brees' heart. Sean Payton is just like, he's got Taysom Hill. He's got Bridgewater. He's just like, ah, he's... He's like the uh, Cardinals with Josh Rosen, just constantly <laughs> looking for something better. And he has Drew Brees. Problem is, he already has one of the best of all time. Um, no, Teddy Bridgewater, not an option, I don't think. I, I agree. He says, also, I know you guys have been getting a lot of recommendations about Poncheros. Apparently, I've been saying it wrong. Surprise. I think I've been saying Pancheros, too. <laughs> I mean, come on. How else are you supposed to say it? It's P-A-N. Well... P-A-N in Spanish is pan. Okay. I'm the worst. I, I always hated foreign languages. I always wish I was good at them. Always so bad. Pancheros. Pan. <laughs> Pancheros. And I can vouch for it. Burritos are awesome. I'm from Iowa, and we have both a Chipotle and a Pancheros <laughs> in town, and it's almost a unanimous decision to go with Pancheros. I personally love both, though. So I had to. We don't have poncheros in Colorado, so I had to do some digging, and uh, he says it's almost a unanimous decision to go with poncheros. So I found that uh, the Sioux City Journal there in Iowa did, did a deep dive to hold find on, out. Hold on, pause. I want to read you guys a text I got from <laughs> one Zach Stevens last <laughs> night. He said, "Here's text number one." Doing some deep research for the pod tomorrow. Text number two about burritos. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to get to the bottom of this for you guys. Uh, and so the Sioux City Journal did a study to find out which Mexican, they called it upscale burrito place. I, I mean, if you're coming at me for calling it fast casual, you got to be killing the Sioux City Journal for calling it upscale. Upscale burrito place. See, I would... I would view that as like one of those fancy Mexican restaurants that costs like $14 for a burrito. Yeah, I, I would think so as well. And typically, aren't those places taco places anyways? Though, yeah, mo like that's what you would normally get. Right, yeah, not a big burrito. So, Like I would see like La Loma as like an upscale Mexican restaurant. Right, Ex oh, exactly. That That's where the upscale is. But they view upscale as Chipotle, Poncheros, and Qdoba. So what they did, a random taste test, put all the same ingredients in all of them. So no no queso, which hurt one of these burritos significantly. All the same ingredients, did a blind taste test. How do you think those three came in order? One Chipotle, two Poncheros, three Qdoba. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Just like that. And uh, there was a little bit of debate between P Chipotle and Poncheros. There was no debate with Qdoba. Qdoba was number three without any question. They said it just lacked flavor. They said clearly you need the, the queso to bring the flavor out. 
And they said that's not the case with the other two. It's not the queso. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to change that name to Eldoba. <laughs> wow. That's uh, impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, you just can't beat Chipotle. It's just it's too crisp, too clean. And here's the thing about Poncheros is they credit a guy named Bob for, quote-unquote, inventing the mix-up in the burrito. Like, they mix it all up just oh, like illegal Oh, that's what they call pizza. the tool of the Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, that's what someone commented one day. No way. Yep. Wow. So, so I guess you ask for your burrito, the Bob style or something. So it's, a, it's an interesting concept, but just one that actually doesn't turn out to be as good. Hmm. Yeah, just you just can't beat Chipotle. It's just too it's it's too refined. Yeah. But I still would eat Poncheros. It's just sorry, scientific fact has proven it's not as good. <laughs> so certainly not unanimous as Jack uh, Double Magnum yeah. would suggest. What, 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 you guys do our research on us. You are our ombudsman. Is that right? <laughs> Something We're gonna like check after you too. Yeah, exactly. You just got fact checked. <laughs> we. How are we going to do this taste? The water taste test is a lot easier. Mm, yeah. How do we get a Poncheros burrito shipped to us? You know, I've seen some weird things that places are willing to ship. Like, you can get, like, Chicago deep dish yep. shipped to you. You yep. can get Chicago hot dogs yep. shipped to you. It's exact- really weird. but Maybe Iowa's close enough to Chicago where they know that shipping process. Right. They <laughs> <laughs> figured it out. All right. Next one comes in from Jeff Mene. Mene? Yeah, you, whatever you say. Gonna need a, a pronunciation. <laughs> Ryan, I'm with you. I drink iced coffee year round, no matter how cold it gets. I live in New York City. It's just better. Yeah, my uh, my new slogan is never waver, never waver from <laughs> the iced coffee. Uh, is that just with iced coffee, or is that in life? Never waver in life. <laughs> there we go. I like it. Someone comes out of the uh, report on uh, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Don't you dare waver. <laughs> Maybe Charlie Casserly will chime in on the Ponchero's Chipotle debate. He seems more of a casserole guy. <laughs> Anyways, question of the day from Jeff Manet. says, with reports that Rosen is indeed on the block, do you think LA has any interest? Should we tally these? <laughs> I feel a second and, or a third plus Keenum could get something done, especially with the Keenum-Kingsbury history. Good backup slash vet presence. Thoughts? I just want to see if plan beyond Flacco at QB. Eh, eh. What do you really quick? What do you do a backup quarterback if you draft Kyler, it, being the Cardinals? Why would you need a backup? Because <laughs> he's five eight. He's gonna be <laughs> broken in half. Um, you you could draft uh the dude from uh what is it Ole Miss? Mm, yeah. No, A and M. Man, that would be the ultimate, just all in on Cliff. Yep. Hmm. Um, you know, no one's talked about this. And maybe it's it's because they don't like his attitude. You could always draft Kyler Murray and keep Josh Rosen. You could. You could. And just make them go at it and then make a decision. Would you rather pers- – well, you know your decision, though. So would you rather have a third-round pick or Josh Rosen? Me? Well, I know what I would say, but I guess if you have Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen, it doesn't. it, it just doesn't really translate well. Right. But it's still a possibility. Right. Um. You go get Teddy Bridgewater. Not that he's nearly as much of a runner as Kyler Murray. Sure. Um, there's not really a, a, a an obvious backup plan. There's probably a lot of guys out there. You could go into the CFL and find some guys who look a lot like Kyler Murray. That would be wild. If that's what you want to <laughs> do. That would be wild. And really quick on the Keenum thing, it is 
why would you trade for Case Keenum if you're another team? Even if he's a throw-in, he just adds so much more money to your cap. And also, you're, you're going to have to pay him the $7 million or the 10, $7 to $10 million in cash along with the $21 million cap hit. You're not doing that. You're waiting for the Broncos to cut him. You're picking him up for a vet minimum deal because he'll probably take that because the Broncos have to pay him. You want to crush Josh Rosen for doing things outside of football. Case Keenum wrote a book about his career <laughs> in the middle of his career. Yep. <laughs> why, why was he watching tape? Mm-hmm. Why was he throwing into the net? <laughs> Whatever quarterbacks do on their free uh, time. He wasn't really hitting the net when he was doing it. Goodness gracious. He actually did. He got smoked by Chad Kelly. Just about <laughs> <every day. laughs> yep. All right. From True Champ Fan 24. He's better than Paxton, though. He was. Paxton won one day, though. <laughs> Should have been an embarrassing moment for and, both of those other two quarterbacks. And he celebrated. Oh, yeah. He did. <laughs> Probably the best thing he's ever done in his NFL career. <laughs> I guess he did. No. He did get a couple wins as a starter, right? Two? Yep. Came in know. in relief against. Well, that one doesn't count. That's a, that's a win for Simeon. He beat the Jaguars while doing nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, the didn't the defense get like a pick six on the first play of the game or something? Yep. And then they just shut it down. Yeah. Oof. And then there had to be one more. He played against the Falcons here. That was an L. And didn't he? That was the beginning of the Broncos can't cover tight ends or, or running backs out of the backfield. In the most atrocious way. Yeah, and that was probably, that must have been Kyle Shanahan's plan. Yep. Ouch. Mm, didn't learn from that, did you? Mm -hmm. And then he only started one game the next year against the Raiders. That was when he was crying on the sidelines. <laughs> so maybe he finished his career with one win. <laughs> He got a whoa. One and a half. That's a pretty good uh, win per dollar amount made. Oh lord. <laughs> what would that be? How much guaranteed? Ten, ish. Yeah. Twelve. So a million dollars. I mean, we were saying ten, ten million per win. We were saying case was expensive at what four? Six wins, eighteen million. Three. Yeah, three and a twenty-five. Change. Twenty-five million with the guaranteed. Oh. For like overall. Oh god. Paxton. Looking better. How about um, wins per touchdown pass? <laughs> oh, oh man. sorry, money, money per, touchdown. per touchdown. Oh, oh. All right, from True Champ Fan Twenty Four. Hey guys, commenting before I listen to the pod. Please don't kill me. Too bad if you already covered this in the pod. With all the help Denver needs at pretty much every position, and all the talks about would you trade for AB, I started thinking, would it be so bad if Denver would after CJ Mosley? and Eric Weddle uh, in free agency, and maybe Callahan. In the draft, you go Metcalf at 10, bear with me, Rakusin in the second, Hanks in the third. This gives you, in my mind, a very win-now type of team. Mosley is young and very talented. Maybe not a Devin White, but he is better than anyone we currently have in the middle. Instead of a pricey AB, we get the freak that is DK, and then fill out some of the depth needs with Yasin, Hanks, and the rest of those aforementioned free agents. I also really like the idea of Miles Boykin from Notre Dame, super freak wide out with limited production. Also for my food list, Cafe Rio and Mod Pizza. Thanks, guys. As always, keep up the great work. If we win the contest, is the homegrown uh, Buffs Phil shirt an option? Should be. Should be. Let's uh, let's start at the important stuff. Have you ever had Mod Pizza? No, but I've had Pizzeria Locale, and I'm pretty sure it's the exact same thing. Mm, Pizzeria Locale. I love Pizzeria Locale. Mod Pizza is Mod Pizza is the five guys. Of Pizzeria Locale. What's Pizzeria Locale in this scenario? Pizzeria Locale is 
the five guys without the options. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza Locales, like the Chipotle? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Mod Pizza has everything you could ever want on a pizza. It's a personal pizza. You go down a line just like Chipotle. You can add whatever you want. And Does it cost per? Nope. Flat fee. I think it's like seven or eight bucks, too. It's not crazy. And it is really, really good. I All mean, right. the sauces. Whew. Now you have my attention because at, at Pizzeria Locale, it, it costs a little bit, a little extra yep. if you want some extra juice. Exactly. On there. Exactly. Um, like I get the four meat and mm. I sub the ham for prosciutto. Ah. So I'm talking. I've got freshly sliced, too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you can watch them slice it. Um, you got like pepperoni, sausage, chicken, which I think is mm. great addition yeah like these nice chunks of like kind of like shredded type uh chicken yep and then the prosciutto on top <laughs> real nice but i'll have to try mod pizza the only problem is i think you have to go to park meadows for it mm, that is yeah. a problem yeah it's i used to work at mod market oh I'm, i love mod market do i not want to know like the behind the scenes of mod market no oh, yeah, yeah. it's all good it's pretty good they just didn't really like me <laughs> 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 i'll tell you what there was a uh, there's more cougars there than on the Washington State campus. Oh, I can only imagine. It was it was crazy, like literally just like late thirties moms. Did, did was the reason Mod Market didn't like you is because you had too much game with them? No, I think it was kind of the opposite. Honestly, <laughs> they were like, well, so they hired me through a connection, and. Like they kept, they were on me like every day on like not being like bright enough oh, at the register. And like, I'm a pretty bright guy. They were just like, we need more energy from you up here. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I just take their card and swipe it. <laughs> they want you to swipe. They're like, you know, furious? you know, you really are the face of the, of the store because you're the person, the first person they truly interact with. And I was just like, oh. I just say, I say, hello, how are you? Like. They want you to do a little gig for each each and every person yeah. who walks in. Then I got yelled at because um, I poured uh, a couple of glasses of wine a little too heavy. Just trying to create some customer <laughs> customer store appreciation. You no, know? like, damn, we got to go back there. They poured it fat. Was it? Did the customer complain about it? No, of oh, course the not. Manager the manager saw? complained about it. Man, man. The, they were like, "Look, there's a very clear. <laughs> we have. A, they like had a little wine glass with like a little yep. line on it. They're like, yep. it's very obvious. You just pour it to right there. And I was like, yeah, but these ladies have been in here like <laughs> two times this week. They come here and they get, uh, you know, they get a, a flatbread and a and a glass of wine. Like if you hook it up for them a little bit, they're gonna love. They're gonna love it even more. And they weren't about that certainly didn't like that wow so then about like two weeks in um the manager was just like hey so you know what we thought that we wanted extra help <laughs> but now that we've kind of seen how it works with an extra person we're just not getting enough hours for other people there so we're gonna have to let you go wow just two weeks in and you're already pouring wine i was pouring wine day one wow that's some trust betrayed trust apparently <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my shortest gig. Yeah, two. Weeks. I still claim I didn't get fired. And you were already working the money and everything. That was I was the guy. That was my wow. job. Wow, wow. So so what were you? If you weren't fired, you were. They just didn't have. A I was spot laid off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I also had just. I think I asked too many questions. Mm. This was, you know what? Here's the problem. It was before I discovered coffee. <laughs> so I was just kind of aloof all the time. 
And I now, need a nice cup of coffee to be sharp. Man, if only you had been drinking coffee at that point, the way your career could have turned out. <laughs> <laughs> man, I could have been manager level by now. <laughs> pouring, pouring, no matter how big a glass of wines oh, you want. Oh, <laughs> God. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I, little things. Like, I just, I never remembered. And I was like, wait, how do I do the discount thing again? <laughs> They're like, oh, we just talked about this yesterday. And then the, the other thing is I just, the uniform was so whack. What was it? Well, it was just like you had to wear like a, a chef's coat mm. kind of thing, like a white coat. Wow. That was kind of like double-breasted. Wow. And then like this, go- I almost cursed, this goofy <laughs> hat, like this goofy looking hat that was like, I can only describe it as like sort of like a train conductor. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with the yep. short little brim? Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I just about. didn't want to wear that. <laughs> like I didn't wear the hat. So when, when you were uh, laid off, did you storm out and, and yell about the goofy hat? No. I didn't want to work here anyway. This goofy hat. I was like, so do I go home now? And they were like, yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, cool. See you guys. Can I take a pizza on that? I actually yeah. did. Oh, can I get one more pizza? At, uh, employee discount. Employee discount was 75% off. Wow. Yeah, so I was rocking pizzas for like $2. That's killer. I know. It was great. Best part of the job. Every day I took something home. But yeah, that was... Uh, that's a pretty good story. <laughs> pretty, pretty <laughs> rough uh, career there for me at Mod Market. A little better here. Yep. Just a little better. Oh, last thing. <laughs> this stupid phrase. If you can lean, you can clean. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that really got me. It really got under my skin. Because <laughs> you'd just rather clean or lean. Because well, there's no one in the store. <laughs> so I'm just going to chill and like lean on the counter. Yep. You can lean, you can clean. Would they say that to you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, like look over there. You could see like there's a little there's a ring from someone's drink on the table. You could go clean that off. I'm like, wow. Oh, you guys are really on my nerves. Yeah, those type of managers there, huh? Just don't think I was cut out for that type of work. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, how did we get here? Oh, mod pizza. Great question. Okay. Anyways, back to the uh, scenario here. So, looks like we're Broncos are adding a lot of players. Yeah. So, it's I like where your head's at. I mean, you're adding a stud safety, you're adding a stud linebacker, you're adding uh, a stud st- corner. Exactly. And then you're getting a wide receiver, another corner, uh and another linebacker. Looks pretty good, but not feasible. Well, okay. So you could get Mosley Weddle and Callahan if you moved on from Derek Wolf, Emmanuel Sanders. And Matt Paradis. Yep. But. And Darian Stewart. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brandon Marshall as well. Yeah. But now that's not happening. We already know they they want to keep those guys. And on top of that, you're not signing anyone else. I mean, you are. Yeah. No Billy Turner. Right. So you're. No Jared Valdir. So who's your center? Connor McGovern. So who's your guard in place of Connor McGovern? Sam Jones. <laughs> that's a that's a tricky path to walk down, especially when you don't address those in the first three rounds of the draft. Yeah, that's very true as well. You had you would have had to get an offensive line in here. Man, Metcalf. Not good enough. He'd be big. He's just Cortland Sutton. Uh more impressive Cortland Sutton. Yeah, just Cortland Sutton on steroids. Could you Maybe tr- actually. <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> so I, I like where your head's at it's th- that's a sexy off season i'll say 
Yeah, yeah. You just it's not it's not really possible. No, but if you take away like I don't know, if you take away Callahan, now you could probably make it work. If you take away C.J. Mosley, you could probably make it work. You know. What do you think of Eric Weddle? I'd love to see Eric Weddle here. He's definitely better than Eric, uh, than Darian Stewart, still. Yeah, no, no question about that. But you just kind of went down the old safety route, and you didn't like what happened. So you're afraid of signing him, right? Because they signed Darian Stewart to a three-year deal. They only got one good year out of him on that deal. Yeah. And you probably feel better about safety. And it's not that you feel excellent about it, but it, that's just not the most glaring need. It's true. He's such. He's like such a leader, though. It'd be nice to have him in the locker room. Yeah, it's true. From Kanoi28. Okay, it's getting a bit crazy, but is it possible financially for the Broncos to get Flacco pretty much done, CJ Mosley, Eric Weddle, and John Brown? <laughs> so just getting anyone who played for the Ravens. Yep. Come on down. Alex Collins, why don't you come over too? <laughs> I know it sounds a bit nuts, but to get the uh it's, I know it sounds a bit nuts to get the Baltimore Broncos going, but it's not my fault. They wait their waste is our needs. A ready now NFL starter, a stud inside linebacker, a ball hawking safety savant. And a deep threat wide receiver that isn't going to cost starter money. Match made in heaven. How does a backfield of Chris Harris, a defensive backfield of Chris Harris, Justin Simmons, Eric Weddle, and Bryce Callahan? Oh, now we're adding Callahan too. <laughs> Can that happen financially? Short answer, no. Yeah, no, it can't. And it sounds pretty good. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Almost too good to be true. To go on, just to finish off his thoughts here. Then you go all in on getting help offensively in the draft. TJ Hawkinson, offensive lineman, a backup quarterback, more offensive lineman. I'd be excited. Anyway, anyway, Weddle would fit the tradition of Hall of Fame caliber safeties finishing up their career in Denver that we seem to have created with John Lynch and Brian Dawkins and almost TJ Ward. Denver has a line of legendary safeties coming here to play. Let's keep it going. So I have a question. If you go out and get Weddle, do you who is that kicking to the curb? Maybe not off the team, but is he taking Justin Simmons' spot? Is he taking Will Park's spot? I guess the the nice thing for him was that he, he wouldn't have to be an every down safety unless he. But he, remember, he cons- he at one point said it's the Ravens for me or retirement, right. and then he came back off that statement. Once they said we're kicking you to the curb, yeah, they're like, oh well, uh, get those retirement papers. <laughs> He's like, what? Um, so I think you'd be rotational, but who takes a hit? Who who is it? Even you do the same thing kind of that you did last year. With Darian Stewart. You kind of just swap him in for Darian Stewart. So is he worth the price tag then? What is the price tag? I have no idea. I wonder what his contract was with the Ravens. Three years something. He started, maybe it was four years because they had to cut, they're cutting him. Um, so four years something. He started um, 48 games in those three years. every All 16 every year. That That is impressive. Man, I'm trying to find a contract and can't pull it up right now would you pay him five million a year one year five million yep sure but who's that who are you not paying now you know exactly uh six and a half million is what he made last year seven and a half against the cap yeah you can get him for five i yeah. think yeah um but again who who is not getting their money because eric weddle is getting someone's money and again is safety a position where you're willing to spend probably not okay from Shaggy McLovin the third, how can we discuss spending money on Trent Brown instead of Matt Paradis? I understand left tackle is more valuable, but with Munchak, you talk about a master. I believe he can train bulls, but only if he has a general to call out blitzes. Plus, if Joe Flacco is the guy, 
then he doesn't have much uh, as much pressure, which allows him to play more his style. Also, watching <clears throat> uh, watching the combine, Haskins reminds me of Big Ben or Joe, and could be amazing. Plus, the only stat that no player has ever improved from the NFL to col- from college to the NFL is accuracy. So always take the most accurate, not the most potential. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly truth to that. And here's the thing, Matt Paradis, if you're bringing in Joe Flacco, you don't need Matt Paradis to be the mind of the offense. At least you shouldn't, or else you shouldn't be getting Flacco. No, he, that's the biggest problem with Keenum. I mean, I heard from a source, I can't remember if I've said this on here, that Matt Paradis would tell Keenum he was wrong at the line. It's not good. That's, that's not a, good. That's like a... Maybe just cut him on site. Type of thing. <laughs> yeah, bring in Kevin Hogan. Right, next right. play. Right, next next man up. <laughs> Matt's like, yo, Kevin, we need you, buddy. He's all for it. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Keenan would come up with the line and say, I, I actually don't know the exact example, but to, just to give make a hypothetical scenario, he's like, fifty three is the mic, and Matt Paris would be like, forty seven is the mic. Forty seven <laughs> is the mic. That's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. And you shouldn't need that with Joe Flacco. And here's the thing: Would you rather have? a center at $12 million or a left tackle at 16. It, I'd, rather, not, I'd rather have a left tackle every time. Yeah. And, and I would too. There's something, there is something to be said for having a, a center like Matt Paradis. It just, you, you, you don't have the ability to pay that much money to a guy like that when you have so many problems on the rest of your offensive line. Because then what happens when you need to pay a left tackle let's say 13 million dollars now that's 24 million dollars just between those two guys yeah i mean if if garrett bowles was a hit this is garrett bowles fault if you want to be mad at someone for matt paradis having to go likely it it's garrett bowles that's who you want to be mad at because if he was a if you were getting a lockdown left tackle for five million a year or whatever actually less than that for two and a half million a year um then you could stomach spending that money on the center and honestly if you had a, if Connor McGovern had been a full-on stud at guard last year too, that's another place where you're like, okay, we're saving there. But since you aren't, you got to figure out a way to, to get the rest of the line solidified. And, and center is probably the second least valuable position on the line. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Warmack14. He says, I want Rosen. I always like Rosen. Now you have another shot to get him. Anything less than a first-round pick, you go get him. Also, what are y'all thoughts on uh, Pierre Desir? It was a small sample size I saw, but the last few games of the season I watched, he was solid and played lights out against Hopkins. Mosley, Desir, and Saffold. (laughs) Devin White in the draft and a wide receiver in the third. Where do y'all see Isabella and McSorley going? Thanks. Keep up the great work. Of course, Pierre Desir... It was the Colts' starting cornerback last year. And he was nice. Yeah. He's real nice. And he he's a fit for Fangio. So um, keep an eye on him. I still feel like you would go Callahan if you had the opportunity. Different different style of players, but still. Just get the guy who can help Chris Harris move out of the slot. Now you have a lockdown outside, a lockdown slot. And you have most games, Isaac Yadam going up against the third best wide receiver. I've seen Pierre Desir around – the $8 million range, that's what people are projecting. What is Callahan? I think the same. Um, 8 to 10? Yeah, somewhere in that range. 7 to 10. 7 to 10? Yeah. Yeah. So now, again, too many players. You're getting too many players over here. <laughs> Mosley, Desir, and Saffold, you can't do that. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Isabella, third round pick to me. High third round pick. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised to see him fall in the second. Or slip. Or rise. Rise to the second. <laughs> uh, Trace McSorley, day three, late. There you go. There's your pick behind Kyler Murray. Mm, Trace McSorley. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Tiny. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine what Kyler Murray looks like if Trace McSorley looks tiny. <laughs> Is he supposed to be bigger? I think so. Is he six foot? Wow. He looks small. What do you think? What do you think the first thought in the Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman is going to be when they first see Kyler Murray in person? I mean, it's going to be damn, he's tiny. <laughs> like, damn, my my daughter's bigger than you. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably have watched him in college, so they don't really care. Yeah. I oh man, he's I th- I think he's going to bring a lot of doubt. What do you mean? I think in the players? Yeah. No, 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 no. The players respect the hell out of Kyler Murray. Look at Chris Harris Jr. What about his attitude? We don't know what his attitude is like when he's around teammates. We know what it's like when he's around the media, and a lot of guys aren't too excited to be around the media. Now, if you believe Charlie Castle and a few other people, then uh, he uh, he he hasn't been good with other teams. He only needs to be good with one. It's true. And Ian Rappaport said he had a great interview with the Cardinals, <laughs> which leads me to believe that the Cardinals said, hey, buddy, we're taking you number one. Don't waste your time with these other interviews. In fact, I would turn them down if I were you. And then his agent was like, no, we got to take the interviews. How like, stupid is that, though, to back yourself in a corner like that? I mean, I understand. Back it, yourself into the number one overall pick? No, no, no. Back yourself. What What happens if... The Cardinals find out something about him in the next two months. That's the biggest red flag. I don't know that that he did something or that he doesn't do something. Like, he doesn't watch film. They're like, what the heck? And then they get scared off. Just something happens. Why would you not go out and put your best foot forward to every other team that wants to talk? And and, and I understand. Ask Baker. I understand if you don't want to give um, your deepest, darkest secrets to teams and, and say what your biggest weakness is to other teams. I get that. But wouldn't you want to come off as a great guy and make those teams uh, jealous and envious and say, wow, you know what? We're not going to have an opportunity to get him, and we understand why. Instead of saying, what the heck? Who is this? And just be disgusted by him? I don't know. I mean, again, it doesn't. if you know you're going to the Cardinals, none of that matters. Like, if, if, the, if the Charlie Casterly report is to, believe, to be believed, which – I don't think it should be because Charlie Casterly never gets anything right. Uh, even Bill Belichick called, literally said he's, as always, he's 100% wrong. Not on this report, but on a separate report. Um, he said no one has been wrong more than Charlie Casterly. Just That's Bill Belichick. I've never heard him say anything like that about anyone. Um, if that's to be believed, the only way I could imagine that type of reporting coming out is if Kyler Murray went into those interviews literally not giving – to you know what and they were like okay so what do you see up on the board here and he's just like i don't know <laughs> and they're like okay well what would you say is your biggest weakness he's like, i don't have weaknesses they're like, what, would you, what would you say is your biggest strengths everything you know like that's how the worst prospect ever type of reporting comes out and the only way you can have a, a, an interview that bad 
is if you were doing it on purpose. Because it doesn't add up for a team to say that he was the worst where the Cardinals say he was extremely impressive. But now he's committed to football. So that Dan Patrick interview where he was absolutely garbage, humiliating, terrible, you think it's scrapped, but then he doesn't come out and amaze in his next interviews. He's still this guy that there's just so much more to be desired. And, yeah, if if it's just a media game to, to us, fine, whatever. But is he someone that flips a switch like that? We haven't heard teammates come out and, and defend him as a person. We, we haven't heard them come out and say he's this great leader. Now, I don't want to compare him to Baker because, like you, like you said before the pod, Baker's one of the best leaders to enter this draft in forever. So it's, it's not fair to draw that comparison, but we haven't even heard, like, oh, yeah, he's a good leader. Well, when I talked to his teammate at the senior bowl, he said he's a good leader. Or did, didn't he? Did, I, th- I, thought th- I thought he said that, you know, he's a good athlete and Baker was the leader. No, I said, how would you compare them? And he said, <clears throat> Kyler's, Kyler is the better athlete. Baker is the better leader. And I said, well, what's the difference between their leadership? And he said, well, they're both good leaders, but Baker just has this thing. And if I knew what it was, I would be copying it. Hmm. Well, they're both good. You know, I don't want to put down my teammate. <laughs> Here's... Here's what I thought about when I was thinking about all of this last night when we were texting. When Peyton left and when the Broncos didn't make the playoffs that next year and when things fell apart the second year, what was everyone saying? No one was was really saying, boy, we really miss Peyton's 55 touchdowns. We really miss uh, his play on the field. should have been saying that. Well, of course, but he didn't have that his final year with the team. Everyone said when Peyton left, the culture changed, the leadership was gone, everything fell apart within the locker room with the organization, and that's that's the that's what you want with a franchise quarterback, setting the culture, setting everything. And to me, that I don't question Kyler Murray's game on the field. So yes, you take him number one overall. But I do question those other things and those question and those other things are important. Here's my question. Here's my counter to what you just said. Who's the quarterback after Peyton Manning? Trevor Simeon. Uh huh. They were losing quite a bit of games. Still had a winning record. They did still have a winning record that year, but nothing hurts you more than losing and bad quarterback play. You need the leadership, but the leadership kind of falls into place when you're winning. And and, and sometimes you need the leadership to win, and the the Cardinals are definitely going to have to figure it out. But keep in mind. Are they, wait, do they still have Larry Fitz or is he? Is, yep. They, do they still locked have, him up for one more year. Okay, they do still have Larry Fitz. They have one of the best leaders ever uh, on offense there. So, And how good has that been to them coming from a wide receiver? It hasn't been good. It hasn't been good because they don't have a freaking quarterback. It has. It needs to come from the quarterback position. No, it needs to. there just needs to be a quarterback. No, it needs to come from the quarterback. He needs to set the tone. It's important, but the quarterback... If the quarterback is great, people will figure out a way to follow him. And Todd McShay was asked about this, and I think he gave a very fair answer while not completely putting down uh, what one of his peers while also reporting what he thought was fair. And one of the things he said was, well, what, what was the exact word, Ryan? And I said it right after. It was, he Baker play or not Baker, it's Kyler that, plays he more He relies off, a lot on his instincts. Yeah, relies a lot on his instincts as opposed to 
watching film, doing all these other things. And that is a huge red flag because we know he's a great athlete. We know he's a phenomenal athlete, but there's great athletes in the NFL. That step up, even against playing Alabama uh, in, in those bowl games compared to the NFL is huge. He better turn it on. He better turn that work ethic on. And 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 I haven't heard a lot of things about how he doesn't have a work ethic because that's not true. But boy, if he's going to take that mentality and approach to the NFL, he's going to be hosed. Yeah, I mean, he also said every time I've ever talked to uh, to Lincoln Riley, he's raved about his work ethic. I just wonder and- how many teams, coaches would talk bad about their players. I know it happens. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I don't know. He's a guy who won the Heisman Trophy and led them to the Final Four. Like, if you aren't really watching film, even in college, you're not going to win that many games. You can win games, but not at that level, not at that high of a level. His instincts are pretty good. Well, then his instincts are pretty good, and he doesn't need film as much (laughs) as other guys. Here's what I'll say. If that's the case, it's going to be the job of Cliff Kingsbury to get him to become that type of guy. Just because a guy has been able to wreck you know what his whole life off his instincts doesn't mean that he can't become a guy who likes watching film you know like that's a very easy thing is it is it easy to tell a guy to get in there at 4 30 be the first one in there the broncos thought the same with paxton they thought we're gonna take this big bodied strong arm guy that's mobile and we'll we'll get him in the building early we don't want to listen about how he doesn't work hard we don't want to hear that we'll make him work hard I, it should be easy. I hate waking up early in the morning. You want to give me $5 million? <laughs> I will wake up at 12.01 yeah. and get into work every day. <laughs> yeah. So it should be easy. I, I think I, I don't think it's a fair comparison to bring Paxton Lynch into a conversation about Kyler Murray. First of all, Kyler Murray is better than him at playing quarterback in every facet. Well, it's not a comparison. It's just, it's just showing that you can't. some people don't take that. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's – if you, I feel like Cliff Kingsbury thinks he knows a lot about Kyler Murray, maybe more than anyone other than Lincoln Riley. I agree. And I think he, he has a friendship with Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley wouldn't lead him astray. So the question is – also, here's another thing to keep in mind. Cliff Kingsbury's offense is renowned for being very easy for quarterbacks. It's not going to be – his goal is to be able to make it easy. The NFL ain't easy. Sean McVay made it look pretty easily with Jared Goff. I love it. You're doubling down. I'm coming off. I'm coming off the Kyler. I still, I mean, you were the first one to say it. I'll give you all the credit. He, I still believe he's going number one, uh, and his play on the field is, you know, you, you can't deny that. But I have, I have a lot of question marks for the number one overall pick when you're shopping last year's first-round pick. All right. Well, only time will I tell. I like it. I, I like I, a I long-term mean, potential disagreement. Th- here's the thing. You're never going to get a, qu- a quarterback that everyone says there absolutely no. There will be no transition for them to the NFL. Right. Kyle, if Kyler Murray's only transition is I got to teach him how to watch film, I'm real happy with that because I already know he can throw the heck out of the rock. You know, if if you got to tell me that you got to teach this guy footwork, it's way easier to teach a guy to watch film. I disagree. I think that's the scariest thing. You've been if you've been doing it wrong your whole life. It's hard to change the way you play quarterback. It's not hard to tell a guy to watch a watch a movie of a football game. 
At, at 4 a.m.? 5 a.m.? It doesn't matter what time it is. <laughs> as long as he watches the film. I'm curious. This, this is going to be... I mean, he's already one of the most entertaining draft prospects ever. This year in Arizona is going to be so entertaining. Are they eligible for hard knocks? I was just going to ask. <laughs> Isn't that what you do? you got to be. Number one Cliff overall Kings? pick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. VJ? Joe Woods? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it should be. I mean, that should be a lock. Wow. I assume they are, right? Yep. Or they've never done it before, I don't think. I don't think so. So the the rules are what? Can't You're, make the playoffs past two years, I believe. Uh, I think new head coach is out. <laughs> no. I think so. Unless I'm just thinking senior bowl. Well, couldn't they ask for it? <laughs> Seems like something Cliff would like. Yep. Uh, next year. Man, we have been going long on these questions. <laughs> All right, for Mr. Freeze. Actually, no, let's take a break. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and try to get back on track instead of talking about Mod Market and Kyler Murray. <laughs> Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family's doing. You know, just very friendly and family-oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. I hate that we have to wait. Because we could sit here and debate and go back and forth and I can defend Kyler Murray and you can come with a new side punch and it will, it, we won't know until September and, and really beyond that. You shouldn't judge draft picks for three years usually. That is the worst. I mean, we could talk the next three hours and we would end at the same. Okay, we'll see. We would end with <laughs> you saying, I'm kind of backing off and me saying, I'm still headstrong. <laughs> And that's 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 the painful thing about sports. Never waver, baby. <laughs> Never ever waver. All right, teased it before, but th- this question comes in from Mr. Freeze. He says, "No, no, sloppy joes have a weird sauce on them. Made rights have no sauce unless you put ketchup or mustard on it. Oh, I guess it's still a burger. It's just deconstructed." Yeah. A recipe my mom used to use was to cook the hamburger meat in the pan with a can of Dr. Pepper, so it's like a sweet, crumbly. Meat and yes, it can be messy. Oh, so like wow, a sloppy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of a sloppy Joe sauce, Dr Pepper. Interesting. I've heard of that with meat before, like Dr really? Pepper ribs and mm. Dr Pepper brisket. And does it make it sweet? Yes. Yeah, yeah sweet it gives and crumbly. it sweetness. Huh. Interesting. Would you? What about just pouring it on after on your burger? Tell me what what makes this a good thing. When you can have the burger all together in one piece, why would you break it up into a bunch of little pieces and still put it on a on a bun? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess for if you like the flakiness, or like the seasoning hits all of the meat, not just the mm. edges. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like any red or pink in your meat, hmm. I'll try it. From Bronco Jimmy, it's great to hear so many Aussies 
pronunciation guide, Oz Z's. New subscribers and the OGs commenting. I listen to every episode of the podcast, and I don't know what I'd do without the BSN crew. <laughs> That's too cool, Bronco Jimmy. Thanks, Bronco Jimmy. Now to my question regarding salary cap and how U.S. state taxes affect teams. Started to learn about how state taxes impacted athletes from following UFC. Bottom line up front, state taxes and their effect on NFL rosters. Discuss. Zach, you're the numbers guy. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, isn't it good to play for a Florida team? or a Texas team because you don't have those income taxes. And I think what the Broncos offered Brock Osweiler a few million dollars less. And it was a smaller contract, but it was way more money for Brock to go play for them instead of just a marginal amount because of those taxes. Right. And he's talking about UFC because it matters where the fight is, Mm -hmm. depending on how much you get taxed. Um, I know that there was some crazy story about when the Broncos played the Super Bowl in New York. Their Super Bowl bonuses got just slaughtered by the taxes. Wow. Uh, and I think the same thing for San Francisco. The Broncos hit two bad places. Wow. So um, that stuff plays a big role. In uh, you think it plays a big role in free agency where players go? If they're just paper chasers, just pure paper chasers, then yeah. Let's, let's read some of what he has to say. Teams located where there are no state tax include the Texans, Seahawks, Bucks, Dolphins, Titans, Jaguars, and Cowboys. The 49ers are let's see, San Francisco are slugged around 20 million in money that players won't receive. The bad news is the Raiders will join this group when they move to Vegas. Oh, the no state tax group. Mm. That is bad news. State taxes affect the location where the game is played. So the exempt teams still get taxed if the game is played in a state that charges tax, um, which is about eight games per year, depending on the schedule. Mm. Essentially, if a tax exempt teams are clever, they can attract high end free agents like Antonio Brown. Um, not a free agent, but I know what you're saying. Uh, using AB as an example, the 49ers could offer AB 15 more percent than the Seahawks, but it would be the same amount in his bank account. Thanks again for all of your brilliant content. Much love from Perth, Australia, Bronco Jimmy. Gosh, you would think these agents would put all of that together and say, you know, you it, it's okay to take this little discount to play for this team because in the end you're going to be making the same amount. You'd think. But you think John Elway would love working in a place where uh, the <laughs> state taxes, you know, hometown discounts all day. You would, you would think – but here's the thing, though, is players want the most money. They want to be the highest paid. It's not like Matt Paradis. Wait, these guys have egos? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like um, you know Matt Paradis is trying to get $13 million. He's trying to become the highest paid center. You'd think they would have the foresight to be able to say, well, I'm still getting more <laughs> money over here. In the NFL, those egos are big. See, that, and that's a bargaining uh, tactic against the state tax teams. They're like, look, it's going right. to be more money in your bank account. But you're like, but yeah, but I want to be the highest paid wide receiver of all time. Yep, exactly. I'm actually surprised, though, that we haven't seen that. Just the teams without that state tax just get... Dominate? Yeah. Yeah. So you, I would expect it more in basketball. Mm, yep. Those guys love <laughs> their money. I mean, more than football, like significantly more. Yep. Um, one person described it to me as like, they're so into their money that there's way less relation with the media because they're just like, you're so far out of right. Like anything that I care about. They're all making $20 million. Yeah. And so they're like, they just live a life that's so far above the media. And I mean, even like there, like there are media members who make good money but even like Philip Lindsay blows them out. Right. But even then, like Philip Lindsay is a very down to earth, like he'll, you know, 
see eye to eye type of guy. Literally. <laughs> Not for me. I'm, I can see right over him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really interesting. You would think that that state non-state tax teams could dominate. It's got to be something they bring up in every negotiation. I would think so. Um, from Bucking Bronco. Sorry about yesterday's long comment. I'll have to keep it short this time. D Stu came out a couple days uh, ago on Twitter, hinting that he wants to know if he'll be cut or not. I'm sure he does. What do you think will happen? If he's cut, do you, who do we replace those snaps with? This is a deep f- uh, free agency class. I know a lot of people like the safety coming from Chicago, and there's an obvious connection. But I personally like Ty- Tyron Matthew, or maybe it's just moving Will Parks into a starting role. I like him and think he's underrated from Zachary. Hey, Zachary. I like the question. Um, yeah, of course, Darian Stewart wants to know if he's going to be back. If you go the cheap route and you spend money elsewhere – then that's how you you keep Darian on the team, just with the neck concerns and everything. Though it it would make sense, yeah, for for it to be. Let done me help for Darian him. out. <laughs> You're you not going to be back. <laughs> Start packing your bags. No disrespect. I like Darian Stewart a lot, but um, as for the free agents, a lot of buzz around Adrian Amos. I wonder if Will Parks and Justin Simmons would really dislike that. Yeah being the the rising young guys coming up and then the guy the new guy comes in and brings in you know his teacher's pet yep man the thing with amos though you can use that money on a cornerback you can use that money on a cornerback so unless you're getting two of them and it wouldn't be crazy for john to go out and get a safety and a cornerback and spend a lot of money in the secondary he's done that many times before be great give me amos and callahan and i'll be happy mm-hmm. And no one's no one. Yep, on the defense you're done. So then you draft Evan White, and then the offense is just Joe Flacco and Flacco boys. Well, Flacco's big; he won't get broken, right? No. <laughs> and then you get some other guy to protect Flacco in the second round. There you go. There you go. There's the plan. Starting left tackle, some other guy. <laughs> Garrett Bowles, oh, we just threw him on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other guy's over there now. All right, from Kodiak, no fly zone. Hey, guys, been a subscriber for a little bit now. Tried coming a few times with no luck. Um, but that's not neither here nor there. I have some questions about you guys for the draft. So it seems pretty clear to me that if Devin White is there at 10, he's our guy, which I'm fine with as long as the dead quarterback tree with all the bark falling off the side uh, of the road, John Elway was shaking turns out to be a decent pickup which i think he can be and we can win now do you think they won't take quarterback at all i was thinking that jared Stidham would be a solid quarterback especially seeing how you'd be able to pick him up late in the draft any thoughts on him i can't swear to it but i thought i saw somewhere that john la met with him and maybe greer and john likes stidham um i've watched some good tape on him i mean not just highlights also with the free agent list getting bigger is there any guys who recently hit the market that you guys love or would like to see there? Thank you guys so much for all the content you provide. It's worth the weight in it's worth its weight in gold this offseason. Also, I agree with Zach. Aaron Rodgers is not as good as everyone thinks and is a cancer to the team. Hey. One more thing. If Murray is in our division with the Raiders, I'm okay with that. Just look how Vaughn manhandled Russ and keeps him in the pocket or flushes him to Chubb. Again, thanks guys, and I love the Mile High Mafia podcast we got going. Yeah, the Broncos have had great success against Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Oh, except for that yeah. one time. That yeah. That one time. I blew him out in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, that wasn't good, was Vaughn it? Vaughn wasn't playing, though. No, he wasn't playing. Neither was, like, the entire rest of the Broncos. Yeah, that was crazy. Still, I I would not hope that uh, Kyler Murray turns out to be anything like Russell Wilson if he's going to go to the Raiders. Yeah, that would be bad news, wouldn't it? That's going to be a tough position for me because I'm still going to be rooting for him to succeed. I have to. I've hitched my wagon to him. Oh, well, the good thing is you don't even have to worry about it. Yep, he's going to be in Arizona, and I love Arizona. If you're Arizona... I'm going to Arizona tomorrow. <laughs> actually. So you are actually sunny Arizona. If you're Arizona. Also, what? don't worry, guys. It's not vacation. It's business. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what would the Raiders have to trade you if you're Arizona to trade picks? Oh, man, you could fleece the Raiders on this one. To go four to one. I mean, all of these picks that they've acquired. So three first round picks. Yep. Would you do it if you're Arizona? Sure, yeah, I already have Josh Rosen. Mm, so you don't like Kyler Murray that much? No, I love Kyler Murray, but I I would if I were them, you already have a it depends on what I mean, it depends on really how out are you on Josh Rosen. Cuz if you're saying like, "Hey, look, I love Josh Rosen. I'm at a 90 on Josh Rosen, but I'm at a 99 on Kyler Murray." I still think you should go Kyler Murray. But if you think you can have success, like big time success with Josh Rosen, then you'd take the deal. Yeah. Man, I, w- I wouldn't do it. I what? take it back. I would not take the deal. For what if for three firsts? What if they're telling? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, if he's your guy, he's your guy. What if they're telling Josh Rosen, Josh, we're, we're going to fleece the Raiders here. Stick with us. We're going to say we're shopping you. We're not. We're not drafting you. We're driving the value of this up. You are our guy. That'd I, be talk- I talked about that on the solo pod. Yeah, and they totally could have sat down. Coach GM Rosen and said, look. Don't listen to anything you hear from here, here on out. They could have honestly done this even if they were lying to Josh Rosen. Yeah. But they could still do it truthfully. Say, hey, don't listen to anything you hear from here on out. We're going to just float some little, you know, the, you know we're going to plant some little smoke bombs around in Indianapolis to really get this thing fired up. Also, did you see Cliff Kingsbury categorically deny telling anyone that, that it was a lock? Really? Yep. And I was thinking like, that's probably what I would say, too, if I got really drunk and said something stupid. <laughs> I'd be like, me going around and saying that? Really? Because that's, that's basically what he said. He's like, he's like, yeah, guys, I was just walking around Indianapolis telling everyone Kyler Murray's the pick. <laughs> What's he going to say after he picks him? He didn't say, I, I never said I didn't want him, but I didn't tell anyone in Indianapolis that I was going to take him. <laughs> I just imagined him at Prime 47, like, ordering shots and being like, to Kyler Murray! <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> if that happened, we really missed out. Um, from Minnesota Paul. Hey, Ryan, I know I'm a day late on this comment. He doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> Apparently. Wow. When I studied abroad in South Africa, we had a, a Nando's, Nando's, just a couple blocks away from our flats. You're right. The chicken is amazing. You weren't you weren't on the pod when I talked about this. No. They have this chicken place in Chicago called Nando's. Okay. It's like African slash Portuguese, I think. Okay. Oh my god, dude. What are we talking? Chicken place. I have no idea which way. Any that... way that you think chicken can be served, they serve it. Wow. Um, but my buddy got the wings. I got just the half chicken. Okay. I think in hindsight, I would have gone wings just for the easiness of I'm eating shocked. wings. I know. Well, I, I thought it's a chicken place, so I wanted to get it like I wanted to be purist. Yeah. Uh, as a chicken eater, feathers and all. It's not fried. Okay. Okay. 
Well, at least the chicken I got wasn't fried. Yeah. And they put this like their special sauce on it. Yeah. And they marinate it for like 24 hours. I'm looking. This is dangerous. Bro. This looks. They have it in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and Chicago. So are you going to all of those places this year? Well, I, I'm often in the D.C. area. <laughs> it's true. Are you, are you going to go to Nando's there? I literally, uh, yes, 100%. Are there sides? Yes. Um, I had just like coleslaw because it fit the diet. Mm. Um, but there are sides that looked much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, how spicy. I'm just scrolling it's through up their to website. You. It's up to you. You can get mild, medium, hot, or extra hot. What'd you go I with? I got hot, and then I took some extra hot on the side. Oh, the extra hot was amazing. Is it a dry rub? No. Mm. No, it's a sauce. Man. Man. This stuff, dude. Best chicken I've ever had. This looks so... I gotta stop looking. I gotta <laughs> stop looking. Anyways, he says, the only U.S. location I've been to is in Chicago. I was disappointed because they don't have the best product that Nando's have to offer. It's called Peach Nice Tea. It tastes like regular Lipton peach tea with a mix of LeBron James Special Edition Sprite, <laughs> making it beautifully bubbly, compliment to the peri-peri sauce on a hot day. I wouldn't be able to have it anyway. That reminds me. It, let, let me know if any of you guys have ever had carbonated coffee. Oh, my God. That's so funny that you bring that up. Did you have it? No, but I was at a coffee shop in... Oh, yeah, you were there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got confused between <laughs> Chicago and Indianapolis. I was about yep. to say, I was at a coffee shop in Chicago. <laughs> They're both cold. They're both cold. Yeah, we were at a coffee shop in Indianapolis. Yep. I'll let you tell the story <laughs> since you started it. I don't even, I don't, I don't know besides that. Yeah, and they offered essentially like an Americano, which is just water and coffee and, and espresso. And, but instead, they used sparkling water. At first, I'm like, no. But then, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't it work? I think it would. Like bubbly, I, li- I like bubbly stuff, and I like coffee, so wouldn't the two be good? I'm going to try this at some point, like in the next couple of weeks. I'll just go buy sparkling water, and I have an espresso maker. Hopefully, they don't do something special to it, and then yours is just... I bu- Yeah, it'll be okay. Um, I'm glad we didn't try it at that place, though, because their coffee tasted like dirt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I take a si- I take my first sip, and I turn to second. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not bad. It has kind of like a, an earthy flavor to it. <laughs> and I took a second sip. I'm like, mm, nope, just tastes like dirt. <laughs> and the place totally, I was not surprised. Not because not the place was dirty, but it was so... So like local and and like there was a, they were just growing the beans right there. Oh yeah, like there's like a cultic following that goes there <laughs> yeah. every day. And you take pictures there. Oh yes. Yada yada yada. That's <laughs> uh, so funny that I. Well, the days in life, my whole life is running together. It's one big trip. Yes, it is. Um. Anyways, non-football related. Oh, he says no football related comment on this one. Thanks for all your great coverage of the moves and potential moves for the Broncos. Thank you for chiming in, Minnesota Paul. Um, survive the winter if it's anything like Chicago. Oh, gosh. Good luck. Worse. Good luck. Next one coming in from Bronco Duck. The more I'm listening to you and reading you guys on BSN, I'm starting to agree with Fangio. This team has a ton of needs. After listening to yesterday's podcast, I'm starting to think offensive tackle is a must. Having to shift the entire line to the left side sounds pretty pathetic. Can't succeed, succeed that way. Now, in the first round, I can talk myself into inside linebacker, cornerback, or offensive tackle in the first. Let's just get the best player available and trust these great new coaches. Works for me. Who's going to be the best player available? I was just going to say, here's the thing, is if Devin White isn't there, 
you're not looking at best player available at inside linebacker, cornerback, or offensive tackle. So that's, again, why trade back makes sense. Or do you just go defensive line there and you say best player available? I don't know. We'll see. I think you trade back and get one of those top needs. No one actually takes best player available. Like, literally no one. They take the best player available at a place where they need help. Yep. Like, let's just say this. Here's the perfect example. If... Montez Sweat was there at 10. Did the Broncos take him? No, because they don't need more pass rushers. Right. I mean, they could use one more pass rusher, but they're not going to draft ten, a guy at 10 because they can't – you can't – he can't impact the game enough right. behind those two guys. All right, final one here from Run Phil Run. Question uh, for Andre on the draft pod. Well, I guess we'll just – that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, he'll say – We'll give our shot at this. Sure. We've seen both of these guys. He says, could you compare and contrast Andy Isabella, wide receiver from UMass, and Penny Hart, the wide receiver from Georgia State? In your opinion, who is the better player? Who is the better prospect for the slot position? Who do you like as a better fit with the Broncos? Is it at all possible for the Broncos to target one of these players? Why the heck was Penny Hart not invited to the Combine? Anxious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, good question. I, I don't know why he wasn't invited. I mean, why was Phil not? <clears throat> exactly. They They miss. They miss on a few players. It's just about minimizing those misses for them. Man, if you can get Andy Isabella, I am, I'm just as sold on him as you are, Ryan. We might as well just call this the Andy Isabella show. <sighs> that has a nice ring to it, too. Yeah, it does. And because you're picking early in the second, you're not grabbing him at 41. In the third? Oh, I didn't even think about the last name. Total Italian name. Ah, Isabella. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, a lock. It's over. I hope. I hope. I mean, just th- I'm. I haven't been excited about this wide receiving core. Even I mean, if if they got AB, that's exciting. But that's that's one exciting player. If you get Andy Isabella and Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, I'm excited about this wide receiving group. Let's let's put it this way: adding Andy Isabella and having yeah. Emmanuel Sanders at the level he was at the beginning of last year is better than taking out Emmanuel Sanders, adding Antonio Brown, and not adding Isabella. Mm, yep, exactly. I agree. As for Penny Hart, he's a backup. He's just he he's not as good, um, but he's good. He was he was electric. We liked it. We liked both of those guys better than any other slot that was at the uh, Senior Bowl last year. Brandon loved Braxton Berrios last year, who ended up with the Patriots, which is so fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of these guys were better than him. Um, and both of them were better than Renfro as well. Penny Hart is is lightning. Uh, he, he is really quick. He's not quite on the level of Isabella. Is he too much of an Isaiah McKenzie for the Broncos to draft him? He does have a lot of Isaiah McKenzie vibes. Um, and his hands weren't amazing. Yeah. But it's hard for me to compare someone to Isabella because he's like my favorite wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're like, you want Metcalf or Isabella, I might go Isabella. <laughs> Just straight up. Straight up. What about uh, if you could have... And that's crazy. Like someone would say that's crazy now. But no, like five years from now. Right. Which which guy ended up having the better career? Right. I truly could see a, a scenario in which it was Isabella. Now, it's kind of like one one one. No, one. you're good. It's kind of like last year. Someone would be like, "Would you rather have?" Um, oh God, what was the guy from San Diego State? Rashad Penny, or Philip Lindsay? 
Well, if I said Philip Lindsay back then, everyone would say you're a homer. <laughs> what did we learn last year? Philip right. Lindsay was way more electric, way better. So it seems crazy during the draft process to say this guy who's going two, three, four, five rounds later that you like him better. Right. But I like Andy Isabella better than DJ, DK Metcalf. So here's the thing. Plus, his he, name's annoying to say. Here's the question that I've been dying to ask you. Would you rather have Andy Isabella's body or DJ Metcalf's body? Personally? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going DK Metcalf. <laughs> Could you imagine looking like that? Andy Isabella kind of looks like a soccer player. Yeah. <laughs> Very shifty in that way. Yeah. Like, he looks like he has like some messy vibes to him. <laughs> he uh, really does. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf is like, a, like a monster. Would you ever wear a shirt if you were him? DK? Yeah. No. Just go J.R. Smith post celebrate post Cavs uh, NBA championship life. You also don't need pads when you're that big on your shoulders. Oh my God! What if he goes with the Michael Bennett pads? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we'll let, we'll uh, let Andre answer that one too. But I think it, Isabella is probably two rounds ahead of Penny Hart. You Andy, Andy Isabella in the third, Penny Hart in the fifth. Yeah. Same place as Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, by the way, the Broncos totally moved on from Isaiah McKenzie too soon, but they had, they, I mean, they had kind of, that bridge had kind of been burned last, the season before. Yeah. Were we there 30 seconds before he got cut? Was that the final time? I would say no. Like, oh, he had to know before that, but he was acting so normal. We oh, were literally talking to him. He was he was dishing out too much to know he was cut. No, yeah, he was in a great mood. I mean, it, we were in the locker room. He's messing around with some other players, very loud, very vocal. We take the 75-second uh, walk from the locker room to uh, uh, the media room, and right when we get to our seats... Isaiah McKenzie has been cut. They always had a problem with not telling Isaiah McKenzie things before it hit the media. Uh, 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 I kind of have a feeling this is another one of those times. Mm, yeah. Like, he found out on Twitter. Yeah. Or literally the second we walked out, someone walked in and said, hey, can we talk to you upstairs? Or John, they didn't even do that. John just came in the locker room. Isaiah's has been cut. What if he just pointed at him and just, went, and just flicked his finger <laughs> all the way? And just, you. Isaiah out. may actually just like... Boom, go away. When he when he flicks the finger, he may just fly away. Yeah, seriously. But um, I think Penny Hart will be better than Isaiah McKenzie. But Isaiah McKenzie actually made a difference in, Balt- in uh, Buffalo. Which he certainly did. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Hey, happy birthday. Thank Enjoy, you. Enjoy uh, your little trip excursion down to the, de- the desert. Enjoy the warmth. And, uh, oh, man, 27-year-old. <sighs> An old sucks. man. Really sucks. <laughs> Late twenties now. You can't. There's no avoiding it. I know. I'm on my last long-term contract. Wow, that's sad. It that is, is sad. <laughs> Enjoy it. Well, and then it's retirement, so it's actually okay. Next time I hit free agency, I'm only getting one-year deals. Oh, man, if they're for five million, I think you'll be okay. I will. Uh, but yes, jolting down to Arizona tomorrow with CEO Brandon Spano. Got a little bit of business to take care of in the desert. Uh, it's just a quick 48-hour trip, but I won't be on the pod. So uh, it'll be Andre and Zach with you tomorrow. Um, Zach, you can remind them to talk about Andy Isabella and Penny Hart. Mm. And I also won't talk to you guys between now and when the sale ends, which means that you guys are going to have to take some ownership in this. I'm not going to be here to push you over the edge. So jump off, 
Get your subscription to BSN Denver. Use the promo code Broncos. Let's win this thing, and I can't wait to send out a just massive amount of free shirts to everyone who earned these. Um, appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you later. It's getting me down, waiting up for you. BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com, and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It's your only